Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. Hi, everybody. Hey. We are here today with Dan Ludwig, who's in Rancho Cucamonga, California, with the Murray team at Remax. And we're so excited to have you. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really pumped to be here. Yay. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about your real estate journey. How did you start in real estate? What did you do before real estate? How did you find real estate as your home? Um, well, that's a, a rad question because uh, <laughs> I never, ever, ever thought I'd be in real estate. I'm not that guy, right? I'm not that type of guy. I'm not, um, I'm just really not wired this way. And obviously, I've learned that I am wired this way. But before this, I mean, I worked, I've never had a normal job. So, I've made skateboards, I worked in video games. Um, I used to run toy stores. Like I just, I don't like normal. I don't really like normalcy in my life and I don't like normalcy in my job. So, um, when I was working in the video games, my then wife, uh, was pregnant and, uh, you know, then we realized she's pregnant with twins, which, you know, that that's obviously going to take a little extra time. So when, um, I was still working, I had a great job and she had, she has a great job, same job that she's had since then. Um, but literally after, you know, we got through the paternity leave and maternity leave and all that stuff, and she was going to stay home for a while. Literally, I went back to work. The first day I went back to work, she called me about three hours in and said, I can't do this. This is not me. And when you know her, you're like, yeah, she's not wired that way. Um, but uh, so we made the decision. I took a layoff. Actually, they're doing layoffs at the time. And I stayed home with my daughters for two years. Um, which I am lucky to have had that time with them. And it still, I think has a great, the reason I have a great bond I do with them now. Um, but during that time we sold a house and we moved down to orange County, which you guys have heard of Pasadena, California. We moved about 40, 45 miles away back to orange County, kind of close to where I'm from. And when we were selling, you know, we went with the relative and what happened that didn't work out, uh, <laughs> which we all know. Uh, doesn't usually work out. Um, but then we brought in, we called the local, like who's the best in Pasadena. And we called her and this is where my real estate journey starts. She, this lady, uh, Jane Parsons, who is just a badass. She owns three Keller Williams. I started with Keller Williams, by the way. Um, she literally just kind of floated into the house <laughs> and just straight up said, Oh, this house is cute. It'll sell in a second. That was it. She was out. That was her entire listing appointment. I'm all, what? I want to do that. Um, so I just thought that was so cool. And then kind of watching her sell the house and just the process was so fun to me. Um, and I've always been the guy that loves to go like kind of, you know, you peek into a house like, Ooh, what they do to their kitchen or, you know, the weirdo wandering through the neighborhood. So I was like, dude, why don't I do that for a living? And I'm also very personable with people. Um, so I, just studied and it's fairly simple to get your license in here in Southern California or in California. I think it's too easy. I think we have way too many agents. So it's pretty much, um, you, you study, you have to pass like a test that allows you to take the state exam and then you pass it. Like I passed it first try. And then, um, then I, I interviewed a bunch of different brokerages 
but then I decided um, on Keller Williams. And I, I still believe, I, I, I think differently about s- certain levels of agents, but for s- agents b- starting out, you have to kind of not care about your splits and how much you're going to make off the jump, but you are going to learn so much in the first, I just absorbed it all. And it, within three months, I felt like a top tier agent and I, I hit the ground running in January of 2012. So that kind of catches you up on how I got through all that. I'm extra windy. So I apologize if I just talk. (laughs) I felt it. I felt it. Yeah. So at some, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is there's a lot of agents out there that are really, really anti-team, right. And that feel like team leaders are always taking from their people and it's really disproportionately split and teams don't provide anything and you should run from teams as fast as you can, but you always kind of been a team guy so can you talk about why that is and where you think value comes from in a team well for me uh i mean i just love the team atmosphere i'm i've always been a team player right so i just like the team atmosphere and if you go to a team you know with the idea that you're going to go there and you know i I can talk about the keller model like you know because they build you know you start with one agent and then you the rainmaker and then you add your uh, uh, license assistant and then you build from there, right? Uh, your buyer's agents and so on. Now, if you go to a team thinking that you're going to just make all this money, that's sure you're going to get leads, but they're also going to take their half and then Keller still has their split, right? Um, I've been lucky enough to get myself into situations where when I bring something to the table, I still got um, a, a good split, but I just love the team atmosphere. I love having a partner. I love kind of, cause my brain is so nutty. I need to have someone to bounce stuff off. If I don't, the, the shit I'll do and get myself into it. So it's a bad idea. I shouldn't do that. So I kind of need someone. Um, and I was, I did, I was a solo agent and I built team Ludwig, uh, for about a year and a half and you know, it went well, but I just missed the camaraderie. I really do. Um, and I miss being able to learn because I put knowledge and um, kind of learning above. I don't, I don't like money. We, if you guys want to dig into that, we can, but I, I, I hate money. I think it's the root of all evil. I, I don't like it for myself. It's not why I do this. Um, so I put learning ahead of any of that and being part of a team uh, really helps me, especially being part of the team I'm on now. They, they truly, I know people don't believe it because it's a husband and wife, but um they truly put their agents ahead of themselves. They're doing this on purpose to see if they can build agents to what they do to the two, 300 transactions a year. You know, you're a good agent when you say that you don't care about the money. When you put the money last, you know that you're going to have a good career with real estate. That's how I look at it. Yeah. That that's giving me goosebumps by the way. So oh, you're well, I tend to do that. Yeah. So Dan, what is it about money? Good talk about that because yeah. that, that's a hard one for me too. Like, um, did you ever do bold when that's you were with said. Keller Williams? Yeah, I did it twice. <laughs> okay. So in bold, they have that exercise where they throw the money at you and you have to say, I'm a yes. money magnet and you attract the money. Mm-hmm. And that's, yep. hard, that's hard for me. Like, I don't, I don't like that. So what is no. the thing with money for you? Yeah. And I hated that exercise. I understood it. It made me feel good. Like you lay down and people throw money at you, you know, feel like a stripper. So that's cool. Right. But so for me, it's just, 
when I, so when I see a post about, hey, this is my new Ferrari, or look at my new suit, or look how I'm dressed, or, now I respect them and their wishes and what they want for them, but how they put it out is, you gotta be this way, you gotta be this standard, this is the only way to do this. And I fucking hate it, I absolutely do. I don't like what money turns people into. I don't like it. And I, and I not to get, you know, but like billion dollar corporations taking advantage of people that don't have great opportunities like the rest of us, uh, it, it just drives me nuts. And, and so for me personally, though, money is, if I were doing something for money, I would just feel gross every single day. I have to have some sort of, I'm helping this many people and by proxy, then I can make a living for my family and by proxy, then I can help more in my community, right? If I don't do that, which I have made the mistake when I first got into real estate, it was, I just, I, it never went away, my thoughts on it, but I was like, I got to be that guy to be in real estate. I have to be, I literally, if you want to go find an old picture, I literally have wore like a vest every day with a tie, the beard went short. I covered up the tattoos. And after about six months, I'm like, dude, I'm making myself uncomfortable. I know when I'm in an open house, I'm making other people uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, Hi, welcome to my open house. How are you doing? <laughs> I have to say this script that I learned from these ladies when I was shadowing them three months ago. No, yeah. relax. How you doing? What brings you through my open house that, you know, keep it simple. Um, but so for me, again, personally, I just, um, I love giving value up front. I just do. I always have. Um, it's a little bit personally, cause excuse me, my white claws are already coming back on me. Um, <laughs> Uh, wait, our White Claw sponsor of the show? No, I can't. I will not drink that shit. I won't either. I will not either. Um, so anyway, it just, for me, I, I worry about what money would turn me into. And it's like a, a, a visceral fear. Like I have reactions to it, you know? So um, I have to give value, which it, like I was going to say before I started burping up my White Claws, um, it, it, in my personal life, it is a little bit um, difficult because I do give value. I give a lot of myself. I want to make sure people feel taken care of. I want to make sure they feel loved. And a lot of time that's not reciprocated. So it's very difficult for me mentally to, um, to kind of balance that and know that I have to cut people out every now and then. And that's so difficult for me. I don't want to do that, but you have to because I'll just lose my mind. You know. So eventually you decided you didn't want to be that person on show anymore and just decided to go full blown Dan, right? Which is yeah. like for people that are listening and not watching big beard, lots of tattoos, t-shirts, mm -hmm. California Here. skater boy. Right. So like, what was that journey? <laughs> like, did you have pushback from California to me? Like, and I want to ask about your market in general, but like, it's mm -hmm. an interesting market to me. Like, I feel like you've got the surf, skate vibe and then you've got like the luxury douchey vibe there together so like yeah. how how was it deciding just to be yourself like did you get pushback from people about that and I, I absolutely and I still do and I love the pushback because it means I'm doing something right okay um, and a lot of the pushback I get is from other agents that you know wish they could be as free as I am right um but the, I, I was really lucky early on that I was working in an office in Los Alamitos, California, literally the city I grew up in. And I met Hudson Warren. Hudson is amazing. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. He's in Florida now, but he, yeah. So he's from Florida, but was in Long Beach and I met him and then we partnered up the, the team lead, um, Elaine Armogita at the time, she is a brilliant woman and 
honestly, if, 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 if I didn't move to Rancho Cucamonga, I would have still stayed at Keller Williams just for her, whether Hudson left me, went to, uh, uh, Florida, you know, and I was like, well, damn, I'm losing my best friend. I'm losing my, my, my main motivation in real estate. So it kind of sucked, but I would have stayed for her. She's just amazing. Um, but I was fortunate to meet him and he's out and he's open. And now, you know, we're in Long Beach, which has a, a good gay contingent, but it was just so freeing and so awesome to see coming out of my shell, right. Trying to learn how to come out of my shell. And then I see Hudson who's just Hudson, right. He's like, and he does a good amount of business. Now he does gangbusters business. Um, but then he was doing a great amount of business and it was something for me to learn of like, it's okay to be you and who you are. You just got to find your, they call it the tribe, right? You got to find your people. So then I went on a quest to how do I find people that are like me, you know? And then I was lucky enough when I did move out here is I met Jacob Swodek. I don't know if you guys know Jacob. Um, and it was the next step of like, you know, Hudson and Jacob and I were super crazy creative together and be yourself and the beard became our brand together. You know, his kind of more straight laced humor and then my corner sort of wacky humor and how we played off of each other. It was great for videos and it was great for business, but it kind of, it's almost like you're slowly letting the lion out of the cage. Like all of a sudden I can get away with more. Cool. I'm going to go do more then. Um, but what I learned with Jacob is that we, and I, I don't care and take this, you know, how it's intended to be taken. Um, I, and I, I'm saying, I don't care. I don't mean that. Okay. Please know that whoever's listening, real estate agents or otherwise, I don't care about the 95%. I only care about the 5%. Those are my people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make them fall in love with me and make them love me so much that, that it grows into the hundred percent. Okay. Cause I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I get that. Um, but through knowledge. And then the other thing is just through knowledge. I want to hammer down on the knowledge. That's where the show came from. Once I met Ray, uh, the Vietnam real estate show live every uh, Wednesday at 10 AM uh, is just knowledge of, if I know my shit, you can't fade me. You cannot get around me. I don't care what I look like. I'm going to be the best fit for the job, no matter who it is. I like that because we talk about this a lot on our show being women, like, feeling like it's really hard to find a place to fit in um, because if you're not strong enough, you get pushed to the wayside. If you're too strong as a woman, then you're yeah. too strong and nobody wants to be around you. If you're hard, then somebody calls you a bitch. Otherwise you're a softie, you know? So it's, it's been like a journey. I think all of us have been on trying to find our own individual selves a little bit more. And I love that the world is kind of opening up to yeah. we can be us and we don't have to be like talking heads in suits. Yeah. And absolutely. And, and I just, you know, I truly believe that if, if you put the value out there, people will find you, you know? And, and I also believe that real estate is super fucking boring for like, just, I, I don't even know a percentage I could put on it. 99% of real estate agents are boring you're doing the same thing. Okay. So maybe it works, maybe it gets you business, but like uh, I'm a big proponent of video and I'm a big proponent of, of being you. Right. So, and this has been since day one, I just kind of had to figure it out. And Ray, uh, Ellen in Arkansas, he says, you kind of have to earn, right. You have to kind of earn some business. Then you earn, you slowly kind of let your true self out. Right. You kind of have to earn, you can't just show up and say, I'm fully tattooed and bearded. 
Now, I disagree with that a little bit, but he has a point, right? You have to find your foundation. You have to find your base, and then you build from there. Um, but for me, like, I, I truly believe – now, I don't think this is for all agents, but I truly think we need more originality. You know, like, you might see on Instagram, like, dude, that agent's dressed really well. There's a fucking million of them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe in his little world – I'm picturing the douchey guy in, in Beverly Hills, right? In his little world, he's a little different because he put on purple socks today instead of orange. <laughs> There's literally thousands of them, though. And they're all the same guy, just with different color socks on and maybe different, you know, Warby Parkers. That's it. So to me, I think there needs to be more originality. And I think the others that aren't in this for the right reason need to get the fuck out. Well, I think it stems from back in the day, like, growing up and going through school and going through high school, they taught you that stuff. If you're going to go to an interview, you need to dress in a suit. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go here, you need to dress like this. And I, right. I don't think you should have to dress like that. Like, and I think like Lindsay said, the world is opening up to other looks yeah. and other walks of life for that. So it's what we've been taught. Well, there's the, uh, there's the uh, dress for the job you want mentality, right? Right. So I am. This is the job I want. I want to be able right. to go to my listing appointments in flip-flops and jeans. And I do. Right. right. You know, that's the job. It, you know, if, if, if I can truly convey my value to my clients, buyers and sellers, they're not going to care what I look like. Right. You know? So do you think, though, like kind of a shitty question, but real question, like, do you <laughs> think that the city that you're in, in California, the vibe allows you to be a bit more of who you are? Would a Dan Ludwig real estate person survive in Beverly Hills? I can survive anywhere. I'm a Ludwig. So um, I truly think, so we had Christoph Chu, you guys know Christoph, uh, on the show two, three weeks ago. And for everybody that's listening and don't know who Christoph is, he's like, he's probably one of the top two or three biggest luxury agents in the world. In Beverly world. He's in yeah. Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and there are Beverly Hills agents that have shows, but he's had the show, he's done everything, mm -hmm. but he was like, you know, he was selling real estate in a smaller city of LA and it was like, I he was a, a fashion model when he was younger and he would travel the world and stuff. He's like, but those are my people. I want to go, I want to go do that. So he literally went to, Beverly Hills and figured it out. And now he does eight, 10, $20 million properties. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the guy that can find uh, the people for these houses. Uh, but the really cool thing about him is that he realized like, what did he say? Five or six years ago that it became less important to him. He was post posting about shopping trips and a new bag that he bought for his wife and all this stuff. And he's like, that became less important to me. And it, it went back to the core, which was helping people. So so let me ask you, I can answer your question that way. Is I believe I could thrive in any market. I do believe that. I don't know if I would want to though. Does that make sense? That was going to be my next question. Do you want to? Do you feel like you'd have to go put back on the suit and like go back in the box to go back there? No, I just have to find my people. I just have to get to the right people. Um, so I don't know. When I say I don't want to, I don't know. Does that mean I think I can't do it? Or, but if I was forced, like you could never get business anywhere else other than this market, any market in America, you have to go do it. I would figure it out. And I would figure it out looking like this and being who I am, you know? Um, it, so, but I mean, I do, my average sales 500-ish, 512 or whatever it is. Last year, I don't know this year. Um, 
but I still do the 1.2, 1.8, 2.2 million dollar homes. I still do high end homes. Um, I just don't market myself as that guy. I want to market myself as me. I'm not even a every man's this or this level of that. I'm just me. I'm here's who I am and here's what I provide. Work with me or don't. But if you don't, make sure you're pulling in an agent that respects you and respects the process and really truly understands their fiduciary agreement to you or uh, uh, um, the fiduciary duty to you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, that was like the progression of a real estate agent's career for a really long time, right? It was like, you start out, you have some success, and then you try to get to luxury as fast as you can. So like in Denver, we have a brokerage called Kentwood that's been around forever. And they're like an institution in luxury real estate. If you have a house above a certain price point, it's going to have a Kentwood sign in the yard. Um, you know, those agents are almost like by proxy celebrities themselves because they're so yeah. wealthy and they're so in that circle. Yeah. And like growing up, I had a friend whose mom had been the executive assistant for the owner of Kentwood for like 30 years. And so I just always thought that that's who I would be. Like I would right. wake up one day and I would finally be lucky enough to be a Kentwood agent and no offense to the Kentwood agents or the clients that they serve. But what I found is exactly the opposite. Like I, I don't think I could go there and work with those clients if I wanted to anymore. It's yeah, just what not you, my place. What do you mean by could? If I, I, could, I couldn't if I wanted to. I, that is not my place. I right. would never go there is what yeah. I've learned. Those are not my people. Yeah, we have the Hilton Highland here. That's a big one. And then Compass has become kind of a thing just because it's got like a fancy... Um, sign. Sign, yeah, they have the thing, sign, and whatever. And, you know, and also they, you know steal agents from other companies by offering them money because they, I'm going to stop there. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I just think we truly need to be who we are. It's different in the market now, right? We don't, you can go knock on doors and all that stuff. Sure. But when you knock on doors, you need to truly find people at a human level. Okay. Like, and what they're going through right now is the most important thing that will ever happen to them. And I think we need to understand as agents, the gravity behind that and the importance behind that they're not just another number. So to me, every year I set a goal for a number, not, not how much I want to make. I want to help this many people every year. Correct. And that's what we do too. Like when I first got into real estate, it was like, well, what's your gross commission income? What are you wanting to make? And it's like, take that off the table. How many families do you want to help this year? Right. And if you hit that goal, the money will come. And I think a lot of, a lot of agents in this industry look at it as a dollar sign. Like they're walking into that listing appointment, like I'm going to get this and I'm going to make that money. That's not the point. Like right. selling a house and purchasing a house is the biggest purchase you're ever going to make in your lifetime. And right. it's emotional and people don't understand that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I think we as agents and I honestly believe and would hope I don't ever like to wish ill will on anyone, but I want those agents that are just in it for the wrong reasons. I need them to leave, mm -hmm. you know, because right now there's not enough business for everyone and, and they're going to end up doing one to two transactions a year. So go do something else. Go be a DJ, go, go, go sell Red Bull or whatever you want to do on your Instagram account. Go, go be an Instagram model, whatever, but go away and leave it to the ones who truly want to be here. And I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm being honest. And I want you to go do something that you're better suited for and that you want to do right? That you want to do that, you know, because you're in it for the wrong reasons. These people that are trying, especially right now, I mean, these things that we're going through, mm -hmm. 
you know, my calls every day, unless they're like a current buyer or seller, I'm, Hey, how are you doing today? I'm just checking on you. Right. That's mm -hmm. it. Right. You know, when they're like, well, I'm not really thinking about, I'm not asking about that. I want to check on you. How, what are you do, dealing with going through this? How are you? How is grandma? You yeah. know, cause I know she's petrified about this or that. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's all my calls are. And we actually, um, our broker came up with a, uh, for all of our, we did it for leads, you know, in our database that are actually, you know what? I threw everyone on it, but she came up with a coronavirus or COVID-19 drip. And it, it's awesome. The first text was also an email and it said, the email said was a little bit more involved, but Hey, I know we're all going a little bit nuts, but we wanted to reach out and check out, check on you. And then the text was something kind of funny, you know, uh, I've lost it a little bit, but I just wanted to reach out to you and see how you're doing, Dan. You know, and it, so I think now more than ever, you know, those part-time agents and those, those agents, I call them vacation agents that they're, they're vacationing right now. They're like, Oh dude, I can totally take a break and I'll, I'll get business later. I hope they all kind of fall off. And again, I'm not wishing ill will on anyone. I just think that you'd be better in a Red Bull truck. Well, and it kind of, it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth and kind of makes our industry look awful. When you see on all yeah. these forums on Facebook, like oh, I'm going to start cold calling. I'm going to call for sale by owners. I'm going to call expired right now. And I'm like, guys, you probably shouldn't right now because that expired might be one month away from losing their house. Oh, right. but I'll, I'll get the sale. We'll do a short sale. Yeah. This is kind of a, not a forever situation right. here. It's going to come out of it. You know, yeah. and I just, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth when I see agents wanting to do that. Yeah. And those well, and are the type of agent where I'm just like, peace, leave. Right. And this one, uh, Lindsay mentioned on the show and then uh, other people and stories have mentioned, but this is like a V, right? Like it's a V that happened. This, the switch we're calling it now. It's not a pivot. It's not a shift. It's a switch. Uh, it, it, the V is going to be sharply down. And then, yeah, we're just doing uh, cheerleader signs. It, the V is going to go back up, right? Because either people will be unfurloughed or the people that they've always worked from home, they may hibernate right now, but they're going to be ready. So I think that V is going to go up. So imagine you're that kind of car sales mini, you know, uh, uh. agent that's just cheesy throughout this entire process. Then all of a sudden things go back up and it's like, dude, you were like gross during this time, you know, like, yeah. so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Be the, be the agent that cares about your health yeah. and your finances before you just want to go and sell their house because you're going to be remembered in the back end of this when they need to sell or buy a house. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going back to the team thing. I'm fortunate to be part of a team that has that mentality. And they've also been through this, you know, they've been in the business since 2002. So they've seen this same with about, uh, Linz, right. Um, they've seen these, these ups and downs for so long and they, they've been ready for this, you know? So now that we're here, we, we, as agents that are, that are on the team, we don't have to think about anything. We just have to be there for people and, 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 and then the business will come, you know? Right. Exactly. And where do you find your clients? Where do you find your people that you want to work with? Well, I used to do a lot of open houses, <laughs> but uh, for me, I'm uh, I'm a face-to-face -face guy. I know that's weird looking like this and having this face, but I like to have <laughs> me with you. If I can meet you, I'm going to make you fall in love with me. That's my belief anyway, right? So I like door knocking. I like open houses. Um, I like challenging myself to randomly meet a new friend every day. That's not happening right now, which is driving me a little bit nuts. Um, 
not a new client every day, a new friend every day. I like new friends. Um, so I, I love that stuff. So for me, it's just been follow up with my sphere and, and put out more human content on my Facebook page um, and kind of non real estate videos. And then just checking in with people. So the, the, the current database that I do have, like the, I don't know, the hot, we, I don't know, but it's in Boomtown. So we kind of call them hot uh, qualifier, nurture, those kind of areas. Because we all have the ones that are just kind of there. They're, they're either past clients or they're current clients and they're just going to kind of be there for business. We have to check in with them. They love us already. But the ones that don't love us, those are the ones that need the check-in. So I'm just kind of, I'm calling my farm, my, my geo farm, my geographical farm more than ever with how you guys doing. I'm checking in. Hey, I'm a neighbor. Um, I'm in your area. If you ever need anything, I'll go pick it up for you. I'll drop it off, whatever you need to do. So that's a lot of what's happening right now. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I like following him. So I want to talk about a little bit of the mental ups and downs that come along with real estate and how you keep yeah. yourself on track when bad stuff's happening in the world or bad stuff's happening in your business or bad stuff's happening internally, because there's a lot of that going on right now. And this is a very mental game or business. Like I think 90% of what happens in your business is whether or not you're mentally checked in. So how have you kept yourself checked in while all this is going on and everyone else is taking a nap? Well, to me, it's simple. I mean, the, the solution has been solution has been simple, but getting there has not been for me, the solution, right? The end game was simple is just, uh, but getting there it's, it continues to be difficult. So, um, which is, I want to, I want to provide value and I want to give back to people. I want to be able to give back, right? That's my entire goal. But every day I wake up, uh, I mean, the funny way I said is every day I wake up without a job, but the truth is, is every day I wake up going, I can't fucking do this. I'm not good at this. No one wants to work with me every day. I wake up that way. So, and, and most of those, even if it's a positive day, it's still like, I don't know why these people are working with me. I don't understand it. Now, might be a surprise to hear. I seem like a confident guy. I seem like a outgoing guy. I'm not at all. I don't. Uh, so the tough part is that every day to wake up and battle just to, some days it's tough to personally just to put a foot on the ground, just to put one foot down and stand up. Okay. So now imagine the next thing I have to do is go negotiate a, a $1.5 million deal where the seller and the buyer are fighting over $500. So for me, it's just, I have to build a new foundation every single day. Okay. And you're going to hear me say foundation and core a lot, because if I don't have those things in my head, I can't build on it and I'll just fucking give up the whole day. <laughs> so every day is built on yoga and meditation and affirmation for me. Uh, so, and I'm not even to the business part yet, but to me, just to, you know, I have to not give in. And it's a little bit like, um, my dad always taught me if you're having a rough day, get up, take a shower and go outside. I think it's the best advice that it now that's not going to fix the world's problems, but it's the best advice that anyone baby step wise can give you. Okay. So I still do that every single day. Um, and some days it's tough. Uh, I don't know about two, two and a half weeks ago or something. I didn't do, I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. Uh, sa uh, Saturday was a little bit like that. It was like this weird, uh, 
it was it was a little overcast it's brighter and sunnier here but i don't think it was the weather it was just so much of i can't be me right now i can't go out and high five random people and hug them if i want right now that's difficult you know um but it's heavy like, it's super heavy right now for everybody yeah. that's why i asked yeah and but like two and a half weeks ago i just i wanted to quit i didn't want to do real estate anymore i didn't want to do anything i just wanted to lay around um and just kind of give up. Now I'm a Ludwig. We go back to that. So we don't give up, but it's still, um, every, every day for me personally is a struggle just to wake up and just to kind of go again and believe that I'm the one that everyone sh that I'm the best agent for any job that I'm about to get. So, uh, and it's not really like I'm not worthy of being in this life. No, no, I love life. And I'm, I'm super pumped to be here every day and, and spread some sort of happiness and joy every day. But like, it's like, there's just self-doubt always, 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 always in the back of my head that's personal and then definitely creeps into my business. Yeah, I mean, raise your hand if you guys have felt that. So for anybody who's listening, everybody's raising their hand right now, right? So um, would you share an affirmation that you use when times get tough? Because I do think that there's, there's a lot of fear going on right now. So like, we are lucky to be established enough in our businesses that hopefully we'll weather this storm, whatever happens now and next. But, you know, I, I shared on your show, 85 plus percent of agents in Colorado have been licensed for less than three years. So there's a lot of fear that's happening for people right now because they're afraid of what things look like after this or even right now. So would you share something? I'll, I'll share one. I'll start. So Mine has been for years and years and years, I've um, said, I am successful and my success is permanent because, you know, somebody once told me like, okay, great. You had a great year. Now do it this year and then do it next year and then do it that year again. And then you can say you've actually done it. But I have the same exact fear and self-doubt. And honestly, every top producer I've ever spoken to has that same fear mm -hmm. and self-doubt that. I, I mean, I almost think it's kind of worse. Like once you've been to the top, there's, there's further to fall. You can only go down, right? Yeah. And there's more people that are looking at you. So it's almost like every year the stakes raise. So I always tell myself every morning I'm successful and my success is permanent. Do you have one that you would share? Well, for me, it's, 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 it's uh, essentially just, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, dang it. People like, like me, you know, like <laughs> what is it? Stuart Smalley from, mm -hmm. uh, from yeah. Saturday Night Live. But then it goes to the next thing. And I, I'm going to cry if I do it for you guys, but I stare at myself in the mirror and I say, I'm worth this life and I'm good enough and people love me. Uh, and then I love myself and it's just difficult. Like, have you ever stared in the mirror into your own eyes? No. <laughs> Dude, it's heavy. So the days that I can do that, but um, it's, it's just, I just have to know that what I put out in the world is good. And then I know that it's, it's going to come back to me. Um, it's, it's not really like a, I don't give a shit about like likes or like affir affirmations like that. Like, you know, if I put something good out that, you know, Hey, I got 150 likes. I don't care about that shit. But what I care about is like, it's received by one or two people that needed to hear it that day. And that I'm worth that, that I'm going to do that again today, that I'm going to affect people's lives and help them today. You know, so it's difficult. Um, you know, I just have to make sure that I know my self-worth every single day is there. I mean, I think a lot of people like, it's like a, like a catchphrase sometimes in this business that people say, I have a servant's heart. 
for a servant's heart for my business. And yeah. yeah, maybe they do and maybe they don't, but I would like to commend you on the fact that I think that you really do have that servant's heart for people. And that's rare, um, especially in a man to be that authentic and open about it. Um, I'm so very, on the, I'm on very the masculine point, looking, but very effeminate uh, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like raising two twin daughters? How old are they? Uh, 10, 10 and a half. So what do you hope for them? in the future. We talk a lot about this too. Like there are some of us, actually, I think most of us are probably a little bit um, more contrarian than normal people. Like Kristen, one of my favorite questions that she digs in and asks people about is like why college or not college. And if you believe in a traditional education system. And um, so we come from really different backgrounds, but like, do, what do you hope for your girls? Do you hope that they grow up entrepreneurial like this? Do you hope that they take a a more um, conservative lifestyle, I guess? Um, so for me, the answer now is simple. When they were younger, I was like, I don't know, it's gonna be so difficult. But I'll go back to when um, my ex-wife was first pregnant and we found out that they were you know, twin girls, right? And she, actually, she said, are you disappointed that we're not having boys? And I didn't even hesitate. I was like, no, 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 I'm happy and healthy. I'm happy uh, just to have happy and healthy kids, right? Um, but then the next step was I'm actually excited to, to be, cause I'm not going to go anywhere. Those girls will know I'm there at every second of the day. Uh, every, any, any time they ever need me, I will be there for their entire lives. Right. I was excited about that prospect to help raise two happy, healthy girls. And then mentally, right. <laughs> we can take a, a side path down to, <laughs> Uh, other things, but I was just excited about being a father that was there and supported his girls no matter what. So now what that's become is, you know, I, all you guys are just badasses and I love every single part of it. Um, and that's what I want for my dirt, my girl, my girls, my girls, the white ones <laughs> are speaking now. Um, that's, I almost, I kind of said, cause I call them the daughters, but people yeah. don't understand that. So when I'm doing a, I'll do it to like clients. I have to, you know, I have the daughters with me and they're like, what do you mean the daughters? And I just, so anyway, that's why girls came out girls. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, I want them and, and part of it, and they have an amazing role model in their mother. She makes great money. She works her butt off and she's still 100% there for her family. And, and I don't think I could have hoped for or prayed for or wished for or snacked my fingers and gotten a better role, role model than for my daughter. She's a super strong woman and that's what I want for them. I want them to understand that gender and, and everything that we're, we're told, we're told this shit, by the way, it's not true. Girls are uh, you know weaker than boys, boys are stronger. It's not fucking true. Women in every single scenario, minus maybe one, like a, a I'm, I can find you a woman that can beat the shit out of any dude, by the way, but minus maybe some fringe scenario, men are better than women. And I would also argue that men have kind of ruined a lot of things. Okay. So I want my daughters to believe that nothing stands in their way because of their gender. And right now, currently I am sick of when I see a little boy walking down the street, it says, you know, champion or badass or rock star. I see a little girl walking down the street and it says, princess or beautiful or why the fuck is their worth tied to what they look like or some fantastical thing that could never happen but a boy it's 
I'm going to be a champion and I'm going to win and I'm going to have a work ethic. Why? It fucking pisses me off. So for my daughters, I want to instill that in them that nothing will stand in their way, you know, and, and both daughters play softball, but one is super committed and she's us. And I tell her, I go right now, if you were to pitch to a boy that's your age, you would strike him out 100 times out of 100. That kid would not understand what's coming at him. The speed, the movement, and all the things that you can do at 10 years old, he would not understand what's happening. And then he would pitch to you, you would launch him. Okay, so now is she going to be big enough and strong enough to play in, the, in major leagues? I don't know, right? But she can also have the mentality that nothing will ever stand in my way for what I want to do. And with Jordan, uh, the one that plays off of what not as much, that one, I don't even have to coach her. That one, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> she will just go and do. And so it's my job to build them and keep them at that standard. I fucking love you. <laughs> oh my God. That was fucking awesome. Like I, I always say, we've talked about this on the show a couple times before. I've always said, Okay, and we're really going into it now, but whatever. It's a show with four women and it's something that we talk about. So we, we talk a lot about this, like, where do we fit in? We don't fit in with the girls. We don't fit in with the boys. We're always alone. We don't fit in with anybody. Are you kind of all four that way, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I yeah, so we're all four high Ds. We're all four, basically, the primary income earners in our families. Um, you know, I mean, I love that. I absolutely love amazing that. men in everybody's lives. So nothing against that, but we are four incredibly strong women. Um, but, you know, I always talk about the fact that like men say that they want a strong woman until they're actually with a strong woman. And then they realize that, that you know, it does something inside them that they don't like. And so they don't really want a strong woman. And right. I always say, God bless the next generation of men that have to date women that were raised by the uses. Like, yeah. good luck to you. But I think it's incredible that there are dads out there too that are raising up daughters to be strong like that. Well, I'm lucky that I was raised by my father. You know, my not to discount my mom, but she wasn't around. You know, they got divorced, and then she's she was she's half me. You know, so the madness in me that I love, uh, it's also scary at times. But that's my mom. She's the other half, right? Uh, but I was fortunate to be, my dad was just there. He didn't ever, he did both roles and he never questioned anything. He never didn't support me, you know? Um, but he's also very progressive, right? I never heard like, oh, typical woman. Oh, she's, you know, cause a lot of times, you know, a strong woman rocks room is like, oh, she's a bitch. I never heard any of that stuff. Right. Um, and it's, so I'm lucky that way. And then I take it to the next level and I just, uh, you know, I like to remove the veil from society and from these social norms, right? I like to remove that in my own thinking. And then I hopeful, you know, hopeful that other people um, will remove that as well. But for me, it's, it's like, really think about what men have done. <laughs> like, <laughs> how many wars, how many buildings have to be built and fall over? How, what, why is it all here? And I, I know the answer, right? I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but it's all, it all boils down to the fact that out of all the shit we can do, out of all the wars and the planes and the bombs and the buildings we can build, what, what is the one thing we can never do that you can? Well, you, can you can make a human. And our egos are so fragile, whether we know it or not, they're so fragile that the second, that's why I kind of, Lindsay, what you're saying there is 
no, I want a strong woman. And then all of a sudden you're like, damn, she's strong. Shit. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a balance. You have to be able to give, you know, relationships are already 50, 50, but if you're with a, a strong woman, it's going to be 70, 30 for a lot. And then at best, it's going to be 52, 48. It'll never get to 50, 50. And it'll never be 51, 49. You have to understand that. You also have to detach your ego from a lot of things. Okay. You have to, even if you're the driver, you still have to detach and understand that she's got the best interest for your family or for you or for whatever at hand. Um, but the, 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 the underlying fact is that men's egos are extremely fragile, extremely. And I don't care who you are. I don't attach ego to anything, but I still have an ego. And every now and then we want a cheerleader. It's like, oh my gosh, you're so good. That was so awesome. Like we just want, that's inherent. That's part of our lizard brain, right? It's just there. Mm -hmm. But some men don't understand it and they have like, even if they're that guy and they're just, um, I almost said, so I'm not, I'm not, no, <laughs> you would have to edit that out. I won't do it. But even if you're that lizardy and you embrace it and you're that guy, um, it's, it, you know, or if you don't know that you're that way, something happens and that ego snaps and it's, it's just very difficult for a lot of men to deal with. And, um, and to kind of reconcile, like, wait, what, why is she, how does she make more money than me? I don't understand it. And, you know, so fragile. It's crazy to me. So Dan, can I ask you a really personal question now that you have a white claw in? Uh, two thirds <laughs> of a white club. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Did I just burp into the mic? I didn't mean. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, I told Lindsay nothing's off limits. So go ahead. So with this business especially I find it's really really extremely challenging on a marriage mm. um, why did yours fail uh, I mean there was a lot of reasons there and I won't go too far into it but it, if your question is was it the business no um, I think what you're saying and I agree with is is it's very difficult and I kind of mentioned it on our after show talk um, with Lindsay and Ray it's very difficult for people to understand what we do. Yeah. And that, that's a, any business anywhere you could say that. Well, I mean, I ship boxes and it's hard to deal with the amount of volume, blah, 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 right? I don't know why I went to ship boxes. That was very specific. <laughs> you go to UPS later or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but with real estate, like we got a level of stress that it's hard for people to understand. So this business consumes us and it becomes kind of everything we are and everything we talk about, you know? So for 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 that is you know i have a stressful job and then my ex-wife has a stressful job and um there was a lot of butting heads who's gonna go first who's gonna have the worst day today kind of thing you know what i mean who had the more difficult day you know so that was that was part of it um but ultimately i i just we're very very similar and right now um we're better than ever you yeah. know co-parenting and being i truly believe that we were always best friends and that we were always connected that way and now it's just it's fun to co-parent and you know last night the girls were at the in-laws and uh i went there to feed our bearded dragon and she made dinner and we ate dinner you know what i mean when when we got divorced i took her out to dinner like you know not that it's a fun thing to celebrate a divorce or like that like when you get married you don't ever think you're gonna get divorced this is it now this is what i'm doing um but for me i just think like if i'm speaking personally uh mentally to be inside the constraints of that kind of um 
I have to do these things every day and I also have to run a business and I also have to take care of my daughters, you know, it became very difficult for me to not be free, right? Um, not free to do what I want kind of thing, but it's just, you know, so for me, I think it just became too much butting heads and we had always bickered, but it became to the point where I was always bickering and it was always kind of a fight on the verge of a fight. And I, um, and I know my ex-wife now, you just don't want that for your daughters. Like if we have a better shot at raising two happy, healthy girls, then separate than we do together, then, you know, I, I hope that that could work. And we co-parent very well. I still love her. I still think she's amazing. She doesn't know that. I don't tell her that, but um, she knows that I think she's a badass mom and I support her and everything, you know, and all of her decisions. I just had the conversation with the girls the other day. I said, you cannot talk to your mother that way. You cannot, you have to respect her and what you got to understand her wishes for you are long-term. You have to understand what you're doing right now is going to affect you. And she's trying to help you with that. Um, so for me, it wasn't really part of it was the business, I guess, but a lot of it was if I had any stressful job and it was just, who's going to have, who's going to fight for who had the worst day to day kind of thing, you know? And then you just get that rift and you get the separation and it, it just kind of sucked, you know? Yeah. You're, you're embracing though the fact that you could still be two mature adults and raise children yeah. on adult level and be mature about it. And I think in our society and the way our world is today, I think that needs to be said louder you can get a divorce and still raise beautiful children together on a mature level and yep. be fine. You don't have to be married to raise a family and to be happy. Yeah. And we, we do consider ourselves a family. We still, we still go on bike rides together and we're planning when this is all over, we're going to take the girls to uh, universal studios to Harry cause we watched Harry Potter. So now they want to go, they've been to Harry Potter world, but now it's like, dude, I want to go and like experience yeah. it. So we're going to go together. And um, the, the, there's one thing, okay, that I think divorced parents or whatever, they, 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 it's their misstep. They make it about themselves and they don't make it about the kids, okay? So the second you had a kid, it is no longer about you. And I think people say that, but they don't really mean it. So you have to make it about them and they're, because my parents are divorced or, and, and the amount of issues it put in me, but it was kind of their behavior that did that, not necessarily my dad's not to call anyone out or make it too specific to one person, but um, they're there because of selfish behavior, because they didn't do things specifically for me as much as my dad tried to do that. But they, and I think it's more often than not, they make it about themselves. Or, I mean, I hear it all the time where it's like with softball, I coach softball. That's if you want to hear that story, that's where this comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I showed my, I know you guys are Ohio State fans, but because my Michigan mug, uh, that's why. My husband's a Michigan fan. Okay. <laughs> I can get into that story, but we're way past that anyway. But, um, <laughs> and I hear a lot of like, oh, so-and-so, one of your players can't be there because the dad, it's his weekend and he just won't bring her to practice. What the fuck? This yeah. is an outlet for your kid. And you're making it about you and you're mad at your ex-wife. You want to throw a little tantrum and say, I'm not going to help you out. Oh, that, just, that stuff drives me insane. But I, so I kind of wonder like, what's your disc profile, Dan? Uh, well, it's interesting. So with Keller Williams, it was I with a trailing D and then S and then C, right? But 
I think uh, S and C are very similar because I'm a very caring person. I want to hold people's hands. I want to guide them through the process, but I'm I, so I'm the personal guy. I want to go be everybody's buddy. Right. And then I don't care if I drive, I want to drive. I'd love to drive, but maybe my idea or maybe my uh, knowledge isn't good enough right now. So that's cool. You can drive. It's fine with me. Um, but now it's, I, D is still there, but I, D and C are, uh, D and S, sorry, are closer, but it's still I, D, um, S, C. So we're all like high D's, you know, and yeah. high D women. Which, which I'm like- so happy right now. This is like my dream world. <laughs> <laughs> me but, with four high d women <laughs> okay but really though i mean like that's kind of where i was going angela's like, shaking her head again <laughs> part of me that feels like that like going back to angela's questions about relationships and business like there's part of me that wonders if our personality type is ever viable in relationships and even in our business relationships because it is so domineering and we don't mean to be and I think that high D's get mistaken as like these really non-caring really aggressive people when actually we probably care more than anybody else on the planet but like it is I mean this is real stuff like this personality stuff is really really hard on a relationship as is and then you throw in the fact that sometimes people work with their spouses or like you said you know they're always coming home and talking about how hard the day was and just that constant like pushing for more and more and more and more. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, I do think it destroys things. For sure. Well, I think too, we are forcing our spouse to level up to our level and not many people want to be on that level. Or can be. Hmm? Or, or can, can be on that level. Yeah. You know, so that's, it does get difficult, but that's where I go back to um, what <laughs> white claws suck. So, <laughs> Even if I love the taste, they just make you so burpy. Um, I go back to like, you got to give quite a bit if you're going to be with a high D. Now, I I do think though, that there is a different kind of emotion behind a high D woman and a high D man. There's no data behind what I'm about to say. But I think though, like a a D driver, a a high D man is just like, I don't give a shit what's in my path. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I have a goal. I'm going to get there. I don't care what, you know, but I, they just, you know, and I, I don't feel, I feel like, and I don't know, and I am very uh, attuned to my feminine side, but I don't, I think it's almost like if you guys, and I'll, I'll ask this question of you guys, if you did, you had that mentality, which you do, I got a goal. I want to get there no matter what. I have these crazy ideas. Like I know Lindsay has crazy ideas. Like I want to do this thing. Now, how do I get there? I'm going to get there. But if it were a little bit like someone quote unquote left in your wake, you would go, Oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to do that. So that's where it comes off the, the high D a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm actually asking. Yeah, yes. no, for sure. Yeah, I'm asking the panel. The panel. <laughs> Phone a homegirl. Yeah, no, I, I think that way. I mean, we've talked about that before, right? Like, yeah. we're I... drivers and we're so strong, but then it's like, I feel like it's this internal, it's horrible. It's exhausting. It's this internal, like, I want this. I can get it. I'm going for it. People are going to think I'm a bitch. People are going to think I'm awful. I want this. I'm going for it. I'm getting it. I'm getting too big. Right. 
it's so, not good. It's but hard. that's where dudes don't give a shit. No, I don't care if they think I'm an asshole. This is me and I get the job done, you know? Mm-hmm. See, I feel like I'm a different D, I guess. My, I have a, God, I don't even know how to explain myself. Well, wait, let's go through. So what are your disc profiles? Obviously a, D, but then what's I'm a D.I. I'm a D.I. Okay. Me too. And my husband is, we're yin and yang. Like he's complete opposite of me. But he, he has, hasn't seen them? Yeah. He, oh, he has all the ideas, all the ideas. And he'll sit there in the shower and he'll write down all of his ideas and he'll come out and he'll show them to me. And I'm like, I got this shit. Let's go. Right. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first yeah. you go, no, those are all shit. Wait, this one's good. <laughs> <laughs> Nine I out of 10 suck, one. but that one is very good. That was my idea last week, actually. I got to it first. Thank you. <laughs> but hey, great job. Good effort. But I got this. No. Kidding. Like it just, as a dude, you have to detach your ego because every now and then you will get your feelings hurt with oh, an yeah. ID woman. You will. And she's not doing it on purpose. Right. It's that she already knows the end game. She knows she's going to get there. Yeah. And you got to trust her along the way. Right. And that, that's a smart man because my husband, we've been together for almost 18 years. How am I single? What the fuck? I think I, 18 years. Um, anyways, literally he has just like sat back and was just like, you do you. Yeah. You're going to say it. You're going to do it. Right. Just go. Yeah. I mean, and he'll intervene every once in a while. He'll be like, whoa, 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 <laughs> a little whoa, too far. Yeah. whoa. Um, but yeah, he just, he knows that I'm headstrong and he knows if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it. Right. And then he's there to support, which yeah. I think is great. And yeah. that's- so Dan, like, what are we supposed to do as women? So that's the question, right? Like, do we put back on our Beverly Hills suit and get back in the little box and make ourselves less mm. big and driven Fuck and no. aggressive? Or do we do what we do and just know that it's an uphill battle and it's going to be hard? I don't even think you have that mentality. I think you have to do not ever, and I'm saying this to everyone, not just high D women that are in real estate. I'm saying it to everyone. You got to find who you are at the core in your brain. You have to find that. You have to trust that and you have to live your life that way. Okay. Not, not a simple thing to do. Okay. Cause you're going to piss some people off and you might be lonely for a year. What am I a year and a half now? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that might be part of it, but you have to truly search and dig and, and, and grind up those things that your core, I call it your dumpster. Uh, those things that are in your dumpster, you have to empty them out every now and then you have to find who you are and you have to trust who you are and you have to believe who you are that that's the end game. Cause then what's going to happen, right? You're true to you. It goes back to this silly can't love anyone else before you love yourself, which is a stupid thing to say, but it's smart because you got to know who you are before you can give yourself. If you just give, 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 you're going to fall apart and want to kill yourself after 30 days. You know what I mean? So you have to stick true to who you are. As long as you know yourself and know your core and know your end game, you have to stick to who you are. And then that's the pitfall part of it is someone, you know, will figure that out and want to be around that. Okay. And if not, then you got to understand that your plight may be a solo plight for a while and understand that the people you help, those are your friends. Those are your family. Those are your lovers, right? Those are the ones that, that want to be there for you. I like you. I love him. (laughs) 
Thanks for going there with us. So, okay, so let's switch gears. Let's take out the heaviness a little bit. Tell us about Be More. What is it? How does it work? Uh, Beard Mentor Real Estate. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go through the script I say at the beginning of every show. When Ray and I met three-ish years ago, I had had an idea for the show, uh, Bearded Man of Real Estate show, because I am, in fact, a bearded man of real estate. Um, and I love the, the, I don't always say on the show, but I love the uh, acronym, the B-M-O-R-E, Be More, right? Bearded Men of Real Estate. I love that I, about it, but I didn't really know how to put it into action. Then I met Ray um, on the interwebs on uh, not some weird chat room. It was actually Facebook. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold. I almost went. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll come back in. And claw, got a claw block. Yeah. No, no, no. The I had to block the claw. The claw was like, yeah, do that. Say that thing. <laughs> Don't say that thing. Um, but he had like a literally the same format we do today. Uh, you know, uh, we do a little intro, we do some headlines, and we deep dive stuff, and it's the same basic format we do today. So that was really, I was like, shit, Ray knows his stuff, man. He's super into stats and facts. And so am I, it helps me be, a, you know, and I think Keller Williams gave me that, like, you got to know your stuff to be on top of your stuff. Um, and Ray just does like when he starts spouting things and some of the questions he asked Lindsay, some really good questions today. Um, mm -hmm. And it just comes, you're like, dude, this guy's, he could be in the business a year or 25 years. It doesn't matter the questions and where they're forming. You could see his brain working where they come and the foundation that comes from there. Um, it's so cool to me. And I, I feel lucky to work with him every week and just be his, you know, kind of friend. I think we're kind of friends. Um, but uh, so it kind of came from there and then it came from just, we're both givers. We want to give value up front to not only our clients, but then it, you know, Hey, let's give value to agents because we're already looking into this stuff every week. Let's put our sexy faces on, you know, live on Facebook and then we'll, we'll make a podcast out of it. Um, so that's really where it came out and it comes truly comes from the value of just wanting to give, uh, up front, you know, and then we, we have, we have fun with it and we are almost a hundred episodes in, by the way. Wow. How long ago did it start? Three years? You said two. Yeah. At the end of 2017. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Last thing, talk to us about video. Cause you've always been like a video master, I think. And you do really funny videos. Where do you come up with these ideas? And are you ever nervous about putting that stuff out there? Because that's something that I'm starting to dig into. And it's a little scary. Yeah, and it can be. But I, going back to earlier when we were talking is I think agents. Now, I don't think this is for everyone. And I honestly do not believe that it, video is for every agent. So if you're just going to go into a group and steal an idea that someone else is doing, don't fucking do that try to be original, try to be you, whatever, or maybe don't, it's hard to try to be an original, but let things out that are just you inherently you let them out, you know? So, um, I, I don't necessarily think this for everyone, but I, I do think there needs to be more originality and more, um, us, you know, yeah. uh, to get rid of the car salesman stigma. I think there needs to be more us and who we are as a human, uh, in real estate. So for me, uh, now I do funny listing videos and, and I do, you know, I don't, I've never done like a, <laughs> here, hold on. This home boasts three bedrooms and two baths <laughs> and is 1480 square feet. And we are listed at 499.9. Call today for your private showing. Or if you want to see any other home in the area, I'm available. I've never been that guy. And I just, I don't think real estate should be presented that way. Um, 
personally, it works. Obviously, it works. But the reason I love, there's another group that I'm part of, RETV. Um, if you're yeah, not, yeah, we had Colin on, and he was amazing. He's awesome, and yeah. he's he's the kind of brainchild behind that th whole thing. Him and Tim Macy, and then Ray's part of it. Um, there's so the, where that whole culture, that whole group comes from is. I love video and I want to help other agents be good at video, you know? So I think a lot of agents are going to misconstrue what that means. Oh, I got to do this listing video. Then I got to be funny like Ray did. And then I got to do this quirky thing like Colin does. No, you got to find who you are on video. Okay. And you got to find your kind of groove. So to me, I'm gorilla style. I'm, I'm a punk at heart. Like I grew up kind of loving punk rock and rock and roll. So for me, I just love the raw live, like get out there. I'm live. This is me right now, whatever I'm going through. I want to help you. I want to, I want to give you value right now, whether that's personal or business or whatever. I prefer that. I love the live aspect of it. They also unknown. I like the unknown and people keep me on my, on my toes. So um, for me, if I'm giving you like a core tip, just the tip, if you're hesitant about video, do it. Okay. Like I always joke, if I can put this face on video three to four times a week, you can do the same thing. Like get comfortable, do the thing in the mirror, record a video, watch it back, get comfortable. Um, Cause I do, I get a lot of comments where you're so animated and fun. I'm like, well, I learned, I, I don't give a shit about the camera. I'm just kind of talking and I'm just me, right? This is, if you meet me, I do the same shit. Right. So uh, I'm very, <laughs> very handsy for the listeners. I'm handsy. Uh, on video, um, but I'm emotive and it's also just kind of me, but you know, you can't just sit here and go. Yeah. So, um, but I, I hear this a lot. I just, I just wanted to come on live and I just wanted to, you know, do this video for you guys. And I just want to, you know, no, be confident, be you, let them see you. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Where do your ideas come from? Do you have a whole idea board? Like, does it just spontaneously come to you when you go into a house, when you're doing a listing video? Like, yeah, I mean, that's my every, challenge right now is finding ideas. Like every, every day I write down some weird shit and it's wins, losses, and crazy ideas. So my brain never, ever, ever turns off. It never stops. It, um, it throws curveballs at me every 30 seconds. Um, there's certain things that I never stop thinking about. They'll never, then it affected me when I was younger. They'll never go away. My only channel for that to get it out is to do something creative and to do something that you know might challenge someone one day you know what i mean like wear kitty ears all day with no context just wear kitty ears and and you know and i have to honor that now i go back to you have to know your brain and get to know you, you know, who you are as a core human and then take it to your business um i'm comfortable with myself on a lot of levels so why not share it you know, why not shake things up a little bit? So my ideas, they are in full force. They never stop. I just, if I don't write them down, I forget them. <laughs> That's Do you have that book with you all the time? Like a composition book or whatever that is? Yeah. Or I have um, in my notes here on my phone, it's just literally called Dan's Crazy Ideas. And they're just like, I just, I do audio notes, you know, mm -hmm. like crazy idea. And then I don't know, my last one was, I think, I don't want to give away a really good idea, but I want to do um, a video. And I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but like, and I kind of want to wait till what we're going through stops, but like just people kind of struggling like, Oh man, it was just so difficult. You know, like we're not getting any offers. And then like it, 
goes to the dude's pocket and it's me go in there looking up going did you call dan like a little like a little dan just did you call dan oh i love it and then like a couple in their car and then this is my head i don't know if this could work but like talking about some other difficult thing that we have to deal with in real estate and then literally i pop up and slap the husband and go did you call dan and like <laughs> and that'll be like my commercial you know so that that one's the most recent one i don't know how i'm going to make that happen but i want to make that happen. well i think that the words of the day when you have dan ludwig on your show are like individuality and authenticity which like kind of sucks for me because i feel like i do pretty good at those things and they'll talk to you and then I'm like I'm still hiding in the box more than I thought I was and you can't so, anymore whoever's listening whoever's watching just don't fucking hide anymore be you be who you are do not be afraid anymore okay especially if you're a high D woman I can't believe like I wonder what men will hear when they listen to this right show, actually so my husband was standing outside my office door when you were talking mm -hmm. he was sitting here going yep <laughs> the whole time you were talking because I mean that's how he is like he is definitely like the 70 30 he gets it he knows um we don't work together though which I have said multiple times like I think that's our saving grace for our marriage is yeah we work together he has his job I have my job and then we have our life together it, it is difficult but I just don't um don't ever back down and and just you know keep being you and and be comfortable with who you are, no matter what, no matter how anyone views you, it doesn't fucking matter. Cause so I'll give you one last thing. So here's how I equate literally everything in my head. Okay. When I'm on my deathbed, which could be today, tomorrow, hundred years from now, I don't know when I'm on it. Am I going to think back to that time that I posted something on Facebook that a few people didn't like, but a lot of people, I'm not going to think about that shit. I'm going to think about all the awesomeness that I put out into the world and anyone that I could affect. I tried to, that's what I'm going to think about. Right. Yep. Well, you are a stellar human being. Thank you so much for diving into that so deeply with us and going to all those places with us. We really appreciate you coming on our show. This is awesome. And we will see everybody next week. Okay. <laughs> Love you. Bye, guys. guys. Thank you, Dan. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.